I uh, I have a post note in here in my with my you know it's kind of odd kind of like old school hitting new school I got an iPad and I put post notes in my iPad because I don't want to type it up but it just says simply go vote if you've not had a chance to go vote you need to go vote on Tuesday and as your pastor I want to encourage you to not vote for personality but vote for the platform what it stands for I'm not going to go in deep details there but I did start a series I'll probably resume it uh, next Sunday on uh, biblical worldview but I felt led of God to preach lions roar but I want you to go vote Tuesday and uh, I, I, I do feel like we're in very selective times very important times so I want to encourage you to do that on Tuesday or vote earlier I don't know when early voting ends but if you'll do that it, uh, it, I know that the Lord will guide you and he'll tell you what to do um, how many here ever pray about the things you do before you do it oh, this, is, this is one of those moments okay about pray about it and believe God okay also want to remind you I want to let you know we want to pray for Steve Mahan his family today his father passed away there's going to be a viewing at 12 o'clock to 1 at Willis Funeral Home. Um, Steve uh, Mahan, Linda is his wife. Stevie's their child. And I also got word that also his cousin died this weekend. So it's just kind of a, things happen where life goes on. In the, in the great that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And his dad had eternal life. So we, we just praise the Lord. But please pray for Steve and his family. Lift him up. Encourage him. The viewing will be from 12 to 1 at Willis Funeral Home. And his funeral will be at 1. I just want to mention that to you. And also on the note about this voting, um, after service, I need some guys to help me out for a few minutes. How many minutes stay just for just a few moments to help me set things up in the foyer? Just raise your hand if you so I can know who's going to stay. Oh, yeah, we are a polling station here at the church. And so with certain particular things they need to have for spacing and stuff, we're going to set up tables in the foyer. I've got a really quick and easy plan. I get some volunteers. We can bring tables over in the foyer here and move some stuff. Just take a few moments. If I've got a few men after church today, just if you can stay for a few minutes, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and uh, thank you so much. If you'll stay, we're just going to bring a few tables, plastic tables over, set up in the foyer, change things in the foyer, bring some stuff in the sanctuary, just kind of move it around. I would really use your, could use your help uh, after service. I had to announce that because I get preaching. I, I'm in another world, and I'm going to forget everything, and I won't say it. So I had to share that as an announcement. Turn with me in your Bibles to... 1 Samuel chapter 14. I'm going to say this. God laid it on my heart this morning. How many here love the time change? Don't raise your hand. Somebody may see you raise your hand uh, if you like it. Most people don't like it. You know, I could get an hour extra and I just feel still drugged down. So I'm, and actually, I think Congress is talking about stopping time change eventually. I don't know. But, uh, and then one day you will tell your grandkids, I remember back when when we changed the clock. And they said, really, Grandpa? I can't believe that. But the fact is, is that 
it it's something that the Lord dropped in my spirit about time change is it back in March there was a, our clocks had to move forward Lord have mercy we did not need an accelerated beginning season like that what March brought in in our nation and we're still dealing with the effects of COVID-19 and things going on the world has been our nation has been in this sort of um, a great challenge and people have run into that and it's like you've been running and running since the Lord spoke to my heart this morning and he told me he said but there's something happening in the heavenlies and right now the Lord says the clock is going back now where it should be and an hour of what seems to be an accelerated push into something now is going to be brought back into a into a place of regaining rather than losing and and I really feel it in my spirit that there's going to be a regaining of this this time change I want you to believe God with me because you know me I'm not a self-proclaimed prophet but I feel that the Lord has spoke this to me and want to tell you that you claim this time change okay claim it in Jesus name Lord I claim that hour this hour that now you have brought back to us that seem to change and I believe with all my heart we're going to start seeing things change in a more powerful way we're going to see a harvest of souls we're going to see our country begin to change in ways that God's going to work in my will can I get someone in agreement with me this morning on that word and believe say Lord we believe and receive that word in Jesus name as a church as a people we believe it in the name of Jesus Christ Jesus name Jesus name you know and the Holy Spirit will lead us he'll teach us and sometimes he'll take little simple things and make it profound statements in our life you see you won't see what God's saying unless you're looking for what God is saying and we need to need as the uh, people of God to look for what God is saying and the Spirit is saying at these times praise the Lord praise God I preached this Wednesday night and I have never done this before. I'm preaching the same ser sermon today, sort of, but the same sermon. I preached Wednesday night, God laid it on my heart, a lion's roar. Lion's roar. It's kind of like you ever seen on the television where commercials are played once and then they play it again right after it? You ever seen that before? Like, oh my gosh, I guess they're trying to squeeze it in there. Actually, it's a mass media um, a ploy it's a it's an advertisement ploy it's a game they'll do that and play two commercials one after the other same one the back to back so that it, it will stick in your mind even more and stay with you maybe that's what the Lord is wanting me to do is let's do another commercial here on Sunday than what I was going to present on Wednesday but I found out with the Holy Spirit Noah that I start saying something it kind of ends up changing up anyway because I just don't say things word for word and so God's got a word for us this morning and I want you to know that every line in this room which is everybody the old lines the young lines and the mid middle aged lines and the gray haired lines and the red headed lines and the you know and the white headed lions and the the, the lions that don't have as much hair on it but still lion you're a lion and I want I want you to receive a word this morning just stretch your hand forward toward me let's just agree God Father in the name of Jesus Christ help me Lord to not perform but to provide 
Lord, that your people will receive a word from you, that I know, God, that you have a reason for today, that you have people here today that need to hear this. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Last Wednesday night, I had the kids lined up up front here, and I had them roar at the crowd, and then the people in the audience roared back. Because the thing is, is that when lions roar, lions roar back. There are, I did a search on lions and did something, I found something very interesting about lions. A lion's roar, there's several reasons, but there were some specific reasons that seemed to stand out with me that I believe can be very enlightening to you and a word for you to see and understand why lions roar. Lions roar for, I saved three specific reasons, and you'll see it as illustrated in the word in a few moments in an account in scripture. But lions roar for several reasons, and three of the, these reasons are, are these. First of all, a lion roars to say to its enemy, this is my territory, get out. A lion will roar to tell the enemy, this is my territory, get out. Number two, a lion, lions roar to strike fear and confusion in its prey. It makes things confusion because it's such a powerful moment. And then thirdly, when lions roar, it, it becomes a homing beacon for other lions in the pride to return home when lions roar. And every one of us have a lion inside of us, and we don't know where the release button is, but hopefully I can help you this morning and let you know where it's at, and you can let him out this morning within you. I hope to give you an answer how to do that. When you hear the roar, you will roar because lions roar. There's a part of us that can be stirred to the heroic when we get around someone who is doing the heroic. When you, when you get around someone who is full of the Holy Spirit, it will stir something inside of you. When you see or hear someone alive in God, there is a part of you that will want to echo back to them the lion's roar that they are living out. You see that demonstrated. We'll see it in the life of Jonathan, the son of Saul, in the account of scripture we're going to turn to. We see here in this scripture there are five groups of people stirred by this heroic action in the account laid out for us in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Turn to your neighbor, if you will, and say this. When you hear the roar, you will roar. Turn to your neighbor and say, when you hear the roar, you will roar. And then say, because lions roar. 1 Samuel chapter 14, we're going to go to verse 6. Begin with verse 6. Before I start reading this verse of scripture, let me give you background. Saul has raised up an army. He was going to go and march against the Philistines. The Philistines had a greater army than what Saul did. In times past, in the history of Israel, it didn't matter what the number was. God always gave them victory upon victory upon victory. But because they were outnumbered 
and they were surrounded in the high ground and the rocks around them that Saul and his army they went and they hid in caves and in dens and in holes in the ground because they were outnumbered and they were you know let me tell you if defeat doesn't happen at the moment of the battle defeat occurs before the battle ever happens if you don't go into this with a mindset of victory and power then you will walk away defeated every time and many times you won't even step into the battle because you're defeated before you ever begin to fight and that and the devil knows that that's why he plays with you about your secret sins that's why he'll go and get you thinking and have a mindset of the world and think in worldly ways because worldliness is not our power God's spirit and spirituality the spiritual things is the power in our life as children of God we were not born again through the world and through the flesh we were born again through the spirit and because of the spirit our power our resources our victory victory solely relies upon God's spirit and what God can do and that means that uh, the enemy can line up against you but you can declare and say there's more that is with me than are against me because that God before us who can be against me God makes a majority and no matter what circumstance it is so the enemy is outnumbered when there's number one present when number one is invited when number one is in the lead let me tell you if you walk away with anything you need to decide today that you're not going to be defeated anymore why because you declare upon the name of number one who is God and God is first and foremost in your life if you walk with the Lord then you will have God's victory if you're holy in God and holiness in him then the holiness of God will transcend in you and the world will see in the dark world that we live in that there is a light that is set up on a hill that just can't be ignored because of the power and the glory of God I've been teaching on lunch with pastor in the book of John and I just got hung up the other day on the glory of God and the glory of God. If you got Jesus, you got the glory of God in you. You got the glory, you got a lion in you where you, you and I just need to learn how to release that lion and let that lion go. Do you know what the church world's doing today? We're trying to defend the lion. We're trying to, the lion is in this night needs neat box or cage and we have armies surrounded around the lion and the lion is there and we're going to defend that lion when the real thing we need to do is somebody get some horse sense and understand why don't you release the lion and let the lion begin to do what a lion can do I'm ready to release the lion how about you I'm ready for the lion to roar Glory to God. I'm going to roar here in a moment. I got a microphone and I know how to use it. Here we go. And so here's the situation. They're hiding out. Saul's with his army and they're sitting. Even the priest is with him. Priest didn't do anything that's spiritual. He's just got his outfit on. You know, you know I've known people look like a preacher, but they don't act like a preacher. 
You know, they have the garb on and look religious. I, I've known some religious people, but, not, but they're not very spiritual. And so here it is, is that, that even the priest is there. And, and, and the Bible says that Jonathan decides to leave on his own with no one to know. He slips away. His father doesn't know. The people don't know. He goes on out toward the garrison. Why? Because while his father sat underneath the pomegranate tree in the shade, not hiding out, not knowing what to do, and while everybody was looking at the weapons and everybody was looking at the numbers and everybody was looking at what was seen, Jonathan had a glimpse of the unseen. Jonathan understood that, hey, has anybody thought about God have you ever been all upset in your circumstances suddenly oh my gosh I haven't even prayed but here's Jonathan with the sense he says I just happen to remember there's God there's God we're the people of God there's God so his armor bearer sticks with him. They go and slip away. And there he says, this is what we're going to do. The Bible says that he was between two rocky areas, two high places of rocks, sharp rocks, and even had names of the area. And so therefore, let's go back to Scripture, then we'll go on, okay? Because now I'm overriding where we're at. But just remember, children of Israel are hiding in rocks. They, they are hiding in dens and caves and holes trying to, hide themselves from the enemy can I speak against the spirit of today God's people don't have to hide God's people don't have to hide out God hasn't called us to hide out you know even when he assigned his church what they do now you guys you go on the day of Pentecost you all get together get full of the spirit and go and get into a room together once you do that no the Bible says they were out on the streets and 3,000 were added to the, to, to the Lord. And they went from house to house to house to house. They went public, my friend. They were not gathering in a, in a box somewhere saying, this is the church and we got to hide out here and stay here. And this is all good and everything just fine. No, the Lord sent them out. So I, I'm telling you, you don't have to hide from anything. Because, because greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. The invis an invisible force that we're being cautious about is only a minor force in comparison to the invisible one whom we cannot see but sits upon the throne and reigns forevermore. We've been given victory. You don't have to hide out. And as a pastor, I'm compelled to say that. I know it may offend some people, but I'm praying, dear God, that let the lion roar so the lions will roar back. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the word. First, first Samuel 14, verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Oh, my goodness. Call wicked what is wicked, okay? Call what is ungodly, ungodly, okay? And he just gave a label. He wasn't, wasn't necessarily against people. He was necessary. He was against a spirit. A spirit that of people do not believe in God. Uh, a spirit of fear. Let's go on here. It may be that the Lord will work for us. He's thinking there. God, hey, has anybody thought about God? And then he says, For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that's in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, very well, let's cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. 
Now, that is a strategic craziness there. Show your, there's only a few of you and there's a whole vast army out there and you're going to say, hey, here we are. Come, you know, here we are. Let me tell you, in that verse of scripture, I find one thing. I find something very important. Faith does not jive with fear. Faith will dispel doubt and fear. This whole thing, this whole walk with Jesus is a crazy walk. It is everything contrary to the rules and laws of nature and of, of, of our society that thinks things like you're giving when you don't have. You're witnessing with people who don't want to hear. You shine in darkness when it's dark all around you. You sing when you ought to be feeling sorry for yourself. You're all, you're all in victory and praising God when you ought to be depressed. Everything that's, let me tell you, everything in the world, if you'll do the, the opposite, nine times out of ten, you're going to be right on target with God and his kingdom. You don't know how to live, just do opposite. Or what you know is dragging you down and you will be in the will of God. That's just, that's a simple formula right there. Just do the opposite. If you're battling in your faith, you're depressed, you're discouraged, then praise God, do the opposite. Because the Lord's giving you victory. You don't have to hide in the holes and the dens and the caves. You can go out in the world and make a declaration that greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. So Jonathan goes, he said, follow me, we're going to show ourselves. Now his strategy is really unusual because you would think in a defensive mode, uh, since there's less of us and more of them, that we would just hide and let them come to us. But Jonathan said that when we show ourselves, they see us and they say, you stay there and we'll come to you that wasn't what he considered to be God's plan. But he said, if we show ourselves they see us, and then they say, you come over here to us, then he says, God's in it. God's going to do something. I mean, that's, that's the crazy way, you know? I mean, why not hold back and let them come to you? You can hide in the cave or behind a rock. You can even throw rocks at them, you know? I mean, you can defend yourself. That's the, that's the sane way of doing it. But faith has nothing to do with sanity. Faith has everything to do with the mind of God. And so, so therefore, they said it when they showed themselves. The, the garrison Philistines said, hey, you boys, said, you come on over here. We want to show you something. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know, the show went on, but it wasn't the Philistines that was doing it. Because Jonathan, when he heard that, the Bible says he began to climb up on his hands and feet out of the hole, and the armor bearer followed him. And next thing you know, there's a noise that's occurring in the Philistine camp. The Bible says in verse 15, now I guess I went too far now. Let me go. Verse 15, it says that, he said that, and there was a trembling in the camp in the field. And among all the people, in the field among all the people the garrison and the raiders also trembled and the earth quaked so that it was a great trembling 
In other words, when he went over there and he began to fight the Philistines saying, God's with me, God gave him enough power that in a short amount of space he had killed 20 men, but there was a trembling going on. God was moving on the scene. There was a fear that struck the camp of the Philistines and they began a confusion. Do you remember what I said about a lion's roar? When a lion roars, he's saying, first of all, this is my territory get out of it. Some of you need to make up the mind about your home and your life and your family. Some of you dads need to get home and roar in your house and say in the name of Jesus Christ as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Roar over your territory. Roar over your place. Ladies, you need to roar too. Though I know some of you, you're, some of you dealing with the children, you feel like you could probably roar and really tear into some little cups but the fact is uh, they're looking for a roar they want to mimic a roar let dad and mom roar so that they will roar back and understand that there is a lion inside of them and that it will come out with power and with force did you know when a lion roars if you're within like 50 feet you actually feel the roar more than hear it it's a vibration that occurs. And you feel it as it roars. Because a lion, a lion is not like us with our little flimsy little vocal cords and we can sing real sweet. A lion has its vocal cords and its larynx is much deeper. It goes much deeper. Where a lion roars, a lion doesn't roar from the throat. The lion roars from its belly. And it raises up. You see, oh, somebody's got to see the supernatural spiritual symbol of that. Out of your belly, there's going to come a roar. Out of your faith in God, in your spirit, man, you need to roar in the name of the Lord and let it build up in you suddenly that when you roar, that a lion's roar can be heard five miles away. It can travel. It can get the job done. It is declaring... You're in my territory. Get out. And it's also causing those in the territory to suddenly become confused. Confused. What we need is some lions roaring. The world needs to see some lions rise up and roar. You know what I'm saying? It's not only just the voice. It's what we do. Jonathan didn't roar when he come out, but what he did and how God used him caused the roar to take place. We need to do some things that will cause a roar to take place in the public. We need to take care of the poor. We need to take care of the needy. We need to heal the sick. We need to go out and do and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world needs to know, understand, we're not supposed to be lions in this room that are roaring and that's all. If that's so, then we are in captivity. But when we go out and claim the territory God has given us and roar, then the world will hear it. And the Bible says also that others heard the roar and the trembling. Saul's camp heard it. Those who have, were deserters that ran to the other side when they were surrounded and ran to the Philistines. The Bible says that when they heard the noise, that even they began to fight against the Philistines. The five reasons, the five groups of people who need to hear the roar is first of all the leadership. 
And the army needs to hear the roar. The leadership, Saul heard it. His men heard it. It put them into action. And they began to go forth after that noise that was sounded and the roar that was sounded. Another group that was called upon that heard the roar were the ones who were backslidden, who went out and left the army, actually become deserters and traitors against the army of the Lord. But when they heard the roar, they began to roar because lions roar back. I think it's time that we quit browbeating people about their sin and their backsliding. We need to roar and they can sense the power of God. And they back, they in tune, they will begin to roar because they're brought back to the pride and back to where the other lions are. That's what we need. That's what we need. Is that roar going forth? A supernatural roar. Confusion of the enemy. And the declaration, this is my territory, get out. That his actions, Jonathan's actions was a roar. And when he went out, you see the roar is not necessarily his voice. But it's the roar, the lion of the tribe of Judah. That is within you that we need to release the lion and let the roar come out. The world wants us to shut up. The world doesn't want us to preach the gospel. It's going, there's going to be more and more and more censorship. It's coming because the world doesn't want to hear it. So we're not going to be able to rely on social medias and other technology. But God has placed that word in us. And that the, the lions need to roar in the world. And let them know that there is a savior. That God will make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. Who needs the technology? God has filled us with the spirit. And he's given us a roar. Hallelujah. What's that? Somebody roar? Who's that? Who's roaring now? Baby. Amen. Oh, uh, If you ever heard a voice, you never think a roar would come out of that. Out of that little, sweet, little, tiny voice. But suddenly, he got noticed, didn't he? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was out of his norm, wasn't it? It just wasn't expected to come out of little Owen. But it came out of Owen. And the world is going to be confused because there's a roar that's going to come out of you. They think you're just going to be this sweet little dainty thing that's just a pushover and doesn't care. They don't realize that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost power and that there's a lion of the tribe of Judah that dwells inside of you. And that there's a lion in you. You're going to surprise them because you're going to roar. It's not defeating. It's not a defeat of the sinners. We're out to deliver them and set them free. That's why we need to roar. We need through the power of God. Though we may do things that the world may view as being soft and gentle and good and the fruit of the Spirit. And they think it's just, but they don't realize there's a roar that's being released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
in Amos 3 and 6, it says, The lion hath roared, and who will not hear? You're going to hear it. It's going to come out. It's going to happen. It's interesting in the New Testament that, that it relates to what we're talking about here. Lion's roar will either stir up the lion in you or cause an opposite reaction. Do you know what is happening in God's kingdom? Eventually what will happen? We will take a stand for the gospel. We will preach the gospel. We will believe in holiness unto the Lord. And we will believe and know that in order to receive, we need to be true with God so we might be filled with the Spirit. So we may go forth and do the will of God, but the world, even in the church, church people won't want it. I don't want church people. I want lions in the house. You understand what I'm saying? Church people get upset if you go over schedule and over time. Church people want things to start on time and end on time and that there ought to be some steam whistle go off in the sanctuary when it's time that the service is over even if the worship leader wants to sing a little bit more. Time is over. It's time to go home. You see there are people in the church church people are happy with periodic coming to church drop-ins every once in a while appearances once in a while but the pride gets together and the pride stands with each other that's what you call a gang or a family of lions it's a lion's pride we will come together and we will stand together and we will believe God we are not raising up a group of church people because I will tell you, we're raising up children, sons and daughters of God who are going to be use of the Lord. And if you think your witnesses is you coming to church, honey, your witness is lame. Because you ought to come in here, glory to God, I'm going to worship my king. It ought to just be automatic, man. You're, in, you're among the place that you ought to be. But out in the world, he calls you, he is calling us to roar. Not in political means, but spiritual means. There are people that are needing to be called back to God. And we need to roar. So the backslider will come back. Not only just here, but anywhere. They'll come back to relationship to God. That's why we need to roar. Yeah. I'm kind of a, I know sometimes some people might think I'm kind of a mean preacher. <laughs> These are the last days. I mean, open your eyes. These are the last days. Our American culture is fading to a way that we've depended on it as our resource to God. And it's slipping. The hearts and minds of people need Jesus Christ. Read Timothy. Read about the last. That perilous times shall come. I believe in the pre-tribulation coming of Jesus Christ. He's going to come before the tribulation. But I don't believe it is an excuse to think the tribulation is not going to come. Let me explain. Jesus said, in the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The world, as long as you bear the name of Jesus, 
If you think a political sign's going to bring some type of upheaval, wait till you continually share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will be viewed as some crazy fanatic, a racist, radical. You know, did you know in the, in, in the New Testament when there was persecution that happened, that what Nero did is that he blamed the thing that was about Christians was this. They claimed that Christians were cannibals because they believed in communion. And the word got out that Christians were cannibals. And you say, well, that's crazy. That negative thinking. Let me tell you, the world today does not think very highly of Christians. And eventually the political jargon of conservatism is going to change as there's a movement among parties. And eventually it's going to narrow down to some smart guy is going to come up with the idea of what's wrong with America is the ideas that Christians are holding us back. That is where we're leading to. Now I know that ain't a feel good and shout kind of word. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to hide? Are we going to hide in the dens and the caves and, and hold up because there's more of them what is us? I'll tell you what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to roar. So others will join in. And there are others in the world that they, they want to look, they want to know why do you have that peace? Every time you have peace in the midst of conflict and, you're, and, 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 and your co-worker and, and lost family loved ones watching you and you have that peace and you show that peace, you're roaring to the world because it's, oh my gosh, how can you do this? What's going on here? You see? You see what I'm saying? When, when someone's missed misuse you or, or, or hurt you, went against you, and in turn you return love and the love of Christ to them and love them just the same. That person, the people who knows that person, the per and the people that that person has talked to is going to see you and they're going to say, how can you do this? Roar! Because it's con contrary to what the world is. Let me tell you, Jesus is coming back soon. And we rejoice in it. The Bible even says in the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then a great verse says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He's coming back. It's a good thing. It's good. He's going to take us out. And praise the Lord, the hope we have in Christ. But while we're here, we must occupy. We must occupy our territory. We must declare and roar as lines and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve him. And God's raising up a people. He's raising up a pride. He's raising up a pride. Of people going to stand true to him. Stand true to him. So I'm telling you as a preacher. As someone that loves you. Has hung around here for 21 years. And some of you have heard me talk and sweat. And scream and carry on and roar for 21 years. I'm going to tell you this. The Lord loves you. It's time to mean business with God. It's not a time to play game anymore. We can't. We can't hide behind our patriotism. We must hide behind the cross. 
We cannot. We cannot. Though I'm a patriot, though I will die for my country, I will stand what is right. Thank God for America. But the world's watching America because they know how America goes, the whole world will go. And they're watching us. But more than that, they're, they're going to see the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church of Jesus Christ. And I praise God for his kingdom. Paul says, my citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. So I was part of that. You know, I guess I'll drift. Blame it on my length of life. But let me, let me say this, okay? Because I won't say that, that three-letter word. I don't believe that in my vocabulary right now. It's all figure your mind. Okay, so now you're wondering what it is, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, when I was in the first grade, there was a big campaign for Smokey, Smokey the Bear. <laughs> you didn't think I'd go there, did you? Hey, 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 it's radical. It's, it's crazy. You never know what's going to come out. Smokey the Bear. In the, seventh, in the first grade, I thought, oh, man, this is awesome. Awesome. I went to school that day. Smokey the Bear was there. He talked to us. You know, the fat bear with the hat, he was there. He was there, and he talked to us about fire safety, pointed his finger. Only you can prevent forest fires. I mean, I was just, oh, it was so great. It was so wonderful. Now, Everybody that was present received a copper color badge. Then now you're a junior ranger. I'm deputized, I put on that junior ranger. I was so proud. I wore it all the way home from school. It was, it was a big deal. But more than anything, it was some, there was something else. I received a bona fide official membership card. I kept that card. I wish I still had it today. I'd pull it out and look at it and think about it. But I felt like I belonged to something. I was a part of something. It did something with me. At that time in my age, I needed some self-esteem. I needed some help. And somehow Smokey the Bear was there for me. And now I'm a member. I'm not, I know I not only met Smokey, but now I am a member. Smokey the Bear. With all that facetious silliness there, I'm talking there. I'm trying to lead you into this thing. You are a member of the kingdom of God. Your name has been written down in a ledger book that no one can remove it. And you're a member of the kingdom of God. And you can walk tall and be tall and, and know that you can prevent forest fires if you have to. But you know what I'm talking about? He has commissioned you and 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 you. He has commissioned you because now you're a member of the kingdom of God. Your citizenship is in heaven. You got a home prepared for you and you got a holy ghost right now that is reminding you on this planet, this place, this alien world that there is God who cares for you. Why don't we roar? Louder than Smokey the Bear. Would you stand with me? Some people will be in a, will have an opposite reaction to your roar 
even Christians are. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2, 15, 16, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma of death leading to death, and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Paul's saying that in some believers, some believers, they get stirred into good things. And the unbelievers and the faithless, they go the opposite way. They don't like it. We need to pray, say, God, let the roar rise up out of me. To take a stand and say, enemy, this is my territory. Get out. We need to roar that the enemy will shake. As the Bible says, submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That word flee means to violently run like in panic. Because of our roar, our power in Christ. We need to roar because we want to bring back those who are wandering. And have drifted away back into the pride. So they can roar back. What happens when you talk to a backslider? You just start talking about the Lord, the things of God and His Word, and something starts stirring in them. And the lion starts roaring back. God, <laughs> He is so worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our worship. I don't want to say that mandatory in this church you've got to make noise during worship. But my goodness, why won't we worship? I'm telling you to break out of your normal worship stance and try and express yourself to God in your voice and your hands raised and waiting. And we just believe God for His power. How many here believe God's giving you authority, giving you the territory, giving you a roar? That flows from the innermost part of your being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Out of that roar comes a conviction. Out of that roar comes a, an authority, a power, a passion. Rises up out of you. Hallelujah. 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 I want to ask. I want to ask you this. How many here this morning say, Pastor... No, I thought it was kind of funny. I had three waters up here. I had two that's partial, one from earlier and another one. And Micah brings me one and then my daughter takes away two. I thought, what's that mean? This is only going to be a one water sermon and not three. Then one, give me the wrong idea. I'm, I'm teasing you. One of them was Josh's. Well, right. Boy, that's really not correct, is it? I'd love to drink some of Josh's water. Lord knows. Those on social media with it. Oh my gosh! He's picking it up! Uh, I want to ask you. Do you have Jesus as your Savior? And not only Savior, but do you have Him as your Lord? There's something about the glory and the power of God is this, authority. 
It's an incomplete moment. If you go to the Lord and you cry and sorry for what you've done, but then decide you're going to keep on being that way no matter what. You may have touched a Savior, but you haven't allowed the Lordship, and you'll never have a roar till the Lord is your Lord, and He provides that roar. How many here this morning say, Pastor, I'm backslidden. I'm not right with God. I got sin in my life. I want the Lord to forgive me. Well, the Lord, He loves you. He's drawing you. He's roaring at you right now. And He's wanting you to roar back. Just raise your hand quickly. Say, I need the Lord. I need God in my life. And I want to pray with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't you dare stay in that, in that hole and in that den and in that cave. Come on out. I need the Lord. I need Jesus in my life. God bless you. You raise your hand, just raise it and let it down. 